Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. If you would join me, uh, we're going to take a break today and uh, probably next week too. Um, I'll leave, actually next week I'll be here. The week after that, I'll leave it up to Austin if he wants to jump back in the axe at that point. Uh, We're going to take a break for Christmas today and uh, next week for sure. Um, I want you to join me in the book of of Luke. (laughs) Actually, we're going to Luke. (laughs) The book of Luke, uh, chapter 2. Uh, we're going to look at uh, a cool story here where Elizabeth, who's a, a senior citizen, is, is pregnant and uh, shouldn't be by all um, facts and known of that day. It was a miraculous act of the Lord to allow her to have a child. We're going to see a senior citizen uh, that has somewhat of a miraculous birth uh, and pregnancy. And we're also going to see a teenager who has a miraculous birth uh, or conception and... and um, and birth as well. So uh, we're going to see that there's going to be certainty in times of uncertainty. Certainty in times of uncertainty. I think we can all easily see that we live in uncertain times. I think maybe that's always been the case, but seems to be a little more uh, easy to see right now, especially with uh, COVID and, and the way the world shut down for quite some time. And in some ways, it's still we're still reeling from that. Um, and so... I want to focus more on like the individual uncertainty in our lives. Because while it's important to understand that we're all individually going through this worldwide uncertainty, uh, we're not removed from the, <laughs> the normal uncertainties of life in the midst of that. And so it seems to be magnified, the, the things that we go through in life. And some of you know the challenges Carrie and I have had with with uh, some kids, and uh, I know challenges that you guys have had in your lives, and we are, um, we live in uncertain times where things just, like right now I'm standing here and I feel weak physically in some ways, and I feel just like, I just want to take a big breath and just rest, you know? And I know that we all go through times like that. I'm not the only one. One of the things the Lord's really been impressing upon my heart and I shared this with my church. I may have shared it with you last week because I don't know. I hadn't got much sleep <laughs> if, I've, if I've shared this with you before. But the, um, the word I shared with my home church over Thanksgiving was inadequacy. Like I just feel inadequate. Like I'm just not enough. I can't do everything that I need to do. I can't be everything for everyone that I, that I want to be. Or, uh, and so I'm learning to step back and to stop trying to take ownership of things that aren't for me to take ownership of. And so one of the best ways for, for me to do that is to change my worry into worship. That's what Christmas is all about. It's, it's about the fact that there's this miraculous event that happened that God did, and He brought this beautiful child, this powerful prince, to, to save us. And so our adoration, oh, come let us adore Him, we're just saying that, is, is focused on Him, and we realize that while I can't be everything that even I need to be for myself, 
God has provided what I need through His Son, Jesus. And so there is certainty in times of uncertainty. Mary and Joseph and even Elizabeth and um, Zechariah were, were going through these difficult times of uncertainty. Yet their focus shifted from worry to worship. So in Luke chapter 2, we can kind of see what I'm talking about here and uh, kind of the direction the Lord's leading my heart to share with you uh, in verse 39. So like Luke chapter 2, verse 39. This is right after Mary is told she's going to have a baby and she's like, do you, you mind Tim the tool man, Taylor? You old enough for that? He goes, oh, you know, she's like, what? You know, how can that be? I hadn't even been with a guy yet. I'm, I'm betrothed, but that, that can't be. And so she's shocked by this, but she gets to the end of this um, announcement that the angel is making for her. And I was, you know, marriage has taught me a lot of things. It, it's also taught me a lot about my inadequacies. <laughs> and, and so, uh, um, and so um, the, the, when Mary is visited by the angel, she's afraid. And the angel says something I learned not to tell my wife, you know, she's like, she's afraid. He's like, don't be afraid. <laughs> it's like, squelch your feelings. <laughs> don't feel that way. That's not what he's saying, but it kind of comes across that way if we read it through our own lens. But he's saying, listen, this is going to be a good thing. Don't be afraid. God is with you. And by the end of this, she says, I am the Lord's servant. In verse 38, may your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. And so this powerful thing has happened for Mary. And so she leaves and goes to visit Elizabeth. So that's where we are in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. So Elizabeth was already with child, and the baby had already formed enough to where she could feel the baby moving around, okay? And so the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the what? Holy Spirit. That just keeps coming up. Am I in the wrong spot? Luke? Chapter 2? Luke chapter 1. <laughs> For all those online, I was in the wrong chapter. Uh, I'm in the right spot here. But Luke chapter 1, and I'll change that in my notes here too. <laughs> Thank you. I was wondering why you were looking. I was like, it's right here. <laughs> hey, hey, I was driving. Yeah, he's like, I trust him. I trust him. Yeah. So Luke chapter 1, uh, the book of Luke chapter 1. So now we're, um, Mary is visiting Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is filled with, this is verse 41, filled with uh, what? Holy Spirit. And so this, this theme keeps coming up, even though we're taking a book from Acts, right? We still see the, the Holy Spirit's role throughout the Scriptures. So in a loud voice, this is Elizabeth, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And then she says, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill her promises, or his promises to her. So this is Elizabeth speaking to Mary and just saying, this is amazing that you're here. And she even has this, I don't know if it's insecurity, but just this realization like, why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord Jesus would visit me. You ever feel that way sometimes? Like, why am I so blessed? What, why would, what makes me special? Why would God do something for me? I'm a nobody. Well, that's not true. 
you, we're going to find out that one of the certainties that we can face or hold on to in our times of uncertainty is I'm going to share with us some things in this next section where, that Mary understood that is true for us as well because of who Jesus is for us. It's, again, His promises fulfilled in our lives. That's what Mary, or excuse me, Elizabeth just said here, would fulfill His promises, God's promises to her. Too oftentimes we make promises to God and we break them. We make promises to people and we break them. But our faith is not built on the promises we make to God. Our faith is built on the God's, God's promise that He's made to us. Huge shift. I probably say that way too many times, but it's so important. I feel like it has to be kind of reminded, even on a weekly, daily uh, uh, regimen, if you will, uh, we need to be reminded that it's about what God has done for us. It's about His promises to us. So how do we have this certainty? What do we do to look to the Lord? How do we know that it's going to be all right? When we go through the times where we're just physically depleted, when we're emotionally spent, when we feel like there's no way out, what can we really look to? I mean, I'm not talking about just the story of hope where, like I went and watched Spider-Man yesterday, No Way Home. Great movie. Oh, let me tell you what happens. Uh, so... Great movie. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I spoiled it, but it's five stars, um, and um, it, it was you know had these feel good moments within it at certain times, and so not as specific, but at certain times. But that that goes away, doesn't it? I mean, that's just something that kind of distracts us. I like a good dinner. I love going out with Carrie and having dinner together. That's great, and it's good for our marriage. But it's, 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 a, it's a temporary thing. It has to continue to happen. What I'm talking about this certainty is what can I look to in that God's promises that will never change? You know, there's nothing that guarantees Carrie's going to love me forever, right? And a marriage is a, a, a commitment over and over to one another. <laughs> we'll see how it works out, right? And so it's this commitment over and over of this daily uh, committing to one another. So God's commitment is not something He's going to remove from us. So what can I get from him? So we'll see that in just a moment in Mary's response to Elizabeth. So let's get started. So Elizabeth says what she says, what we just talked about, and then Mary responds uh, and says these, these words, and it's, it's known as a, a song, actually. And so this is called Mary's Song, and we're going to see a few things in here. The first thing is we're going to see that um, she is saturated in the Word of God because a lot of what she is singing here is, is not just new to her. She didn't just make stuff up. She was drawing off of the Old Testament. Uh, part of this was off of Hannah's song uh, when it when regards to her uh, birth or giving birth to, to Samuel. And so you'll see a lot of cross-references here. I'm not going to go through all of those. I'll let you do that on your own time, but, but it's good. But the thing is, she's just saturated in Scripture, and it affects who she is. So even if this song of response she has isn't just made up. It's built off of the Word of God. And so she says this, she says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. 
He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Mary turned her worry into worship. She yielded to the Lord when He said, this is going to happen. She said, I'm your servant. She goes to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth speaks faith into her again. Like, I know this is God thing, God's thing in your life because as soon as I heard your voice, my baby leaped in my womb. And then Mary responds with worship. So you see three things here that uh, I want you to remember these. You can write them down if, you, if you're able to. And the first thing I want to see about Mary's song is that God knows, excuse me, Mary knows God cares for her. There's one certainty that you and I can hold on to that Mary held on to, that God cares for you. He loves you. And not just loves you like, I love you, but you're on your own, but like He cares for you in, in the specificities of your life, the individual things of your life. He, he cares about the details. In verse 248, he says, she, Mary says, He, and speaking of God, has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. Like God is mindful of me. He understands where I am. He understands who I am. And I want to just remind you of that, that God knows you. He cares for you. And He's involved in every detail of your life. And we don't bother God when we go to Him in prayer. He enjoys that. Sometimes we get bothered when we see that you know, name pop up on the phone like, okay, they're calling again. Here we go. Or they're texting again. I got to invest again. That, that, that's us. We can be overwhelmed. But God isn't overwhelmed by our prayers. He loves them. He loves for us to go to Him. So He's mindful of us. He cares for us. The second thing is this. Mary found satisfaction. And so we too can find satisfaction in our lives. She, she talks about this in verse 53, he, that he has filled the hungry with good things. When I spoke earlier about just kind of feeling physically weak and just, you know, yeah, I don't have to expound upon that. You know what physically weak means. You're smart people. And so um, there's a time when we're hungry. And if you go through a period of fasting, you really feel that, and your body starts to, starts to weaken, and you can tell, oh, I, I'm lacking strength. We live in a world that even through COVID, I would imagine there maybe most of us uh, may not have gone through times where we were you know, starving or looking for a meal. We've probably had plenty to eat. Uh, we live in a country that you know, even those who are poor can usually have access to a food pantry. So we don't necessarily know what it means to be truly like starving. I know that we do have people like that that are hungry in our, in our city. But maybe we don't feel that. But spiritually we can be that way. And we can usually tell too because we're reaching out to, to satisfy that hunger in ways that are not healthy for us, whether it be through too much drink or too much food or too much whatever then it, 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 will, it won't satisfy us except for that moment. 
But Mary had this great, deep satisfaction. She was, she was talking about how God has filled the hungry with good things. There was satisfaction there. And the way we find this satisfaction is by focusing in on who God is because no matter what you get to in life, man, I want to reference Spider-Man, but I can't, can I? No. <laughs> Uh, no matter what you attain to life, even if you meet all of your goals, it still won't satisfy you the way God can. And the last one is this, number three. Mary found her purpose. And we too have a purpose. We actually talked about in the 40 Days of Purpose a couple of years ago. There were five purposes that we, we talked about, but uh, the main purpose I would just say today is that the purpose is to, to glorify God and to live in, uh, in a joyous relationship with Him. That's a purpose, overarching. That God's created you for purposes, yes, but He's created you with purpose. There's a purpose for your life. Mary knew this. Um, he said, she said, For now He's been mindful of my humble estate, uh, of the humble estate of his servant, speaking of herself, from now on all generations will call me blessed. In verse 54, she says, He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. So she was like, there was purpose individually within herself. Like, God has got a purpose for my life to do something that's going to just kind of change the course of the world forever. But he's also got a greater purpose that's not just me, but he's being purposeful that I have a role to play for this greater vision that God's doing, not just for Mary's life, but also for the world, through Israel for the world. And so we have that same role for us. God has a role to play in our lives to where individually He's working in the details of your life, but also those individual details are connected to the great plan that God is working out, the great purpose that He's working out in the world today. If you want to make a change in the world, which I think a lot of us would, be, would, would agree that we would like to see the world a better place because of our participation in what we've done, what we've given for the world, uh, to the world. We'd like to leave it a better place. If we want to do that, then discovering God's purpose for your life is, is how to do that. And it's in the little things we do around here. It's not about trying to change the world big. It's changing the world around us and allowing that to change the people around us, thus multiplying from there. It's like a pyramid scheme, very much like one. <laughs> but focusing on the things that you can control will bring certainty in times of uncertainty. And there are some things in life that you can't control that you need to learn to let go of. Sometimes that's people, that we can't control them, and so we have to let them go their own way. This, this song here, Mary's Song, I'll close with a quote from N.T. Wright, which I quote him often because I just, he's, just mesmer, he's just a great teacher and scholar of the New Testament. But he's talking about this Mary's song, and, and I want to just read his quote to you, and then I'll close from there. He says, Mary's song is the gospel before the gospel. Remember, the gospel hasn't happened yet, has it? Isn't that interesting to kind of go back in time? Like We're on this other side, and we're always looking back. But just like enter into the moment where Mary was there. You talk about uncertainty. She didn't know. She was visited by an angel. This is going to have, you're going to be with child. What? I mean, this is a pretty fast progression. I mean, can you imagine those three months she was with Elizabeth as well? 
Like, what were they talking about? He said, it's the gospel before the gospel. A fierce, bright shout of triumph 30 weeks before Bethlehem, which is where Jesus was born, 30 years before Calvary, which is where he died, and Easter, which is where he rose again. It goes with a swing and a clap and a stamp. It's all about God. And it's all about revolution. And it's all because of Jesus. Jesus, who's only just been conceived, not yet born, but who has made Mary giddy with excitement and hope and triumph. In many cultures today, to sing and dance with their bodies and voices saying things far deeper than words. That's how Mary's song comes across here. Sometimes you just get so excited about what God is doing that you don't really have the words to say, but you can sing and you can dance and you can have this emotional expression. That's true. That's a form of true worship. One way you can worship the, the Lord. I actually did that uh, in the car on the way home. I took Ella. She came to visit. Um, what, what was it? Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. And I drove her home late. And I was tired. Because I'm just tired. <laughs> and I drove her home and I, came, and I was driving back and I put a song on repeat. That sounded really southern, didn't it? Repeat. <laughs> uh, well, I'm from the south. There you go. Uh, I put a song, just, I just kept playing it over and over, and the song is called Gratitude. Have you heard this? Gratitude by uh, I don't, oh, Brandon, Lake. Brandon Lake. So it's, I think it's fairly new. Uh, Brandon Lake, Gratitude. You should check it out. Um, yeah. And I just worshipped. I found myself crying while I'm driving, which is super safe, you know. But my eyelids are like windshield wipers, so it worked. They didn't stay long. And I just worshiped the Lord. And it shifted me from worry to worship to experiencing the peace and the presence of God. So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how uncertain it is, the certainty is God cares about you. What was the second one? You can find your satisfaction in God. And the third one is God has a purpose for your life. Amen? Amen. And it, it all centers on Jesus. That's what I hope you'll find and experience this Christmas, those things. If you would, pray with me. Lord, we bless you and we thank you so much for the certainty that comes from what you have done for us. And I ask God in the name of Jesus that you would bring healing to our hearts, bring fullness of joy to our hearts, that you would bring um, healing to those around us who are hurting. Uh, for those of us who uh, have um, those specific struggles and those specific prayer requests, Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring joy and delight into our hearts and peace because we know, not because things have gotten better right now, but because we know that you're working in the midst of this. 
and we know that you're good. So Lord, we bless you, we love you, and we ask that you would glorify the name of Jesus in all that we say and do. May your kingdom come and your will be done in our hearts as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.